Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. We have a terrific show for you today as we bring back one of my favorite guests and fellow Aquarius, adventurer Chelsea Yang returns to the show. Chelsea first appeared on Any Given Runway earlier in 2001 for episode 313. In that episode, she discussed her extraordinary endeavor of becoming skydive certified. It was a tremendous conversation and a fine example of someone using the extra time they had in the pandemic to seek out new adventurous We wanted to bring back Chelsea to talk about another exciting part of her life, and that's her profound experiences as a solo traveler. In early 2020, Chelsea went on a month-long solo traveling endeavor in Asia. And on today's show, she chats about what prompted her to go on a trip by herself, how she planned her activities, and, and Chelsea shares with us the things that she preferred as a soloist. I'm always energized every time Chelsea and I chat, for I learn a lot from her. I feel like I'm downloading all of her traveling wisdom and I'm captivated by how her adventurous spirit has helped her blossom in so many ways over the last few years. Because of our familiarity with each other, our conversations do tend to get a little long. So today's episode is a two-parter. Part one is today for episode 340. And then tomorrow, we will air the second half, 342. Oh, and one more thing on today's episode. In her professional skydiving progression, Chelsea recently had an injury caused by skydiving and she gives us an update on her injury so let's go ahead and bring on everybody's favorite theta chelsea yang and let's learn well i'm all worried about you now because i think you were on paddleboard or something i was yeah <laughs> you're on paddleboard and something and i was i was just all i could think about was well, you better have your you better have your brace on you better have your cast on i didn't <laughs> <laughs> i t- i took this the brace off, but I had everything bandaged up and covered with waterproof um, bandages. So that was that was my concern was just not getting the area. I was um, I was this close to thumbing out uh, lecturing you over over <laughs> the Instagram stories. I was about to lecture you on the importance <laughs> of safety with your hands. <laughs> yeah, it kind of goes with my personality. Very on brand, pushing the limits, you know. What happened with the hand? So it's one thing when, when I was telling people about it, it's like, well, I guess it kind of comes with the territory, but it doesn't because it wasn't something that happened normal. I mean, hearing a skydiver hurts their hand is, I guess it's surprising, but it's not surprising. It's, it just goes along with your adventurous mindset you've been chatting about. So what happened and yeah. what's the prognosis? Yeah, I think I got, I actually got a lot of funny looks and raised eyebrows. People were very confused. Like, oh, you hurt yourself skydiving? (laughs) I guess it's either you live or you die in most people's minds. But um, no, I hurt my hand on one of my landings, Mm -hmm. which is actually pretty common, um, you know, especially for a new, a newer jumper. But I, I just made, I made a small mistake. Um, Basically I was coming in for landing and there was no wind that day. So Normally, when you land and there's some wind, you land into the wind, so that helps slow you down a bit. So your okay. forward and your downward speed is, you know, somewhat decreased. But that day there was zero wind, so it was coming in pretty hot, probably 20, 25 miles an hour. Um, and is that normal? What's normal landing speed? Yeah. So, so uh, you're without wind, you're going about 20 to 25. I want to okay. estimate. And then if you have wind, let's say you've got five to 10 mile per hour wind, that you know going against you. So that helps slow you down. Um, 
by whatever, you know, five, 10 miles, whatever it is. Um, so essentially going pretty, you know, full speed. And I started my landing flare a bit high. Uh, so my canopy stalled and then essentially just continued on forward and downward into the ground. And what I should have done in that instance is if you know, you've watched a landing, you're supposed to do what's called a PLF. Um, and that's where you kind of, you know, you, you don't just try to land on your feet, but you land in this rolling position where you kind of roll and try to absorb the impact yeah. Yeah. Uh, of landing off. Yeah. You kind of disperse it throughout different points on your body. So you're not, uh, you know, landing on your feet and okay. essentially that's the best way to break your, your yeah. leg. Um, I misjudged the height and I didn't even think about the wind the the lack of wind so i didn't plf and i tried to run out the landing and basically just kind of crashed forward into the ground and just must have hit my hand pretty hard um i knew something was wrong because when i got up and i had knocked the wind out of me pretty well so once i got my my breath back and i tried to pick up my parachute i couldn't close i couldn't grab it and i knew something wasn't right so um yeah i got got wrapped up and splinted that day and uh Went to get x-rays a couple days later and found out that I had broken my, the base of my fifth metacarpal. So this uh, bone that goes yeah. through your, your, your hand, um, I broke in the base of it, the joint, which, you know, sits next to your wrist joint. So as I understand, it's actually the, one of the worst things you can do is break a bone at the joint. Um, and I didn't just break it. I, I broke it into six pieces. So I shattered that baby. Um, and yeah, I am sitting out until about March, so two to three months out of any activities. Um, I'm, I've been pretty positive throughout it all. It could have been a lot worse. Um, could have been a leg bone or an arm or a shoulder. So uh, yeah. Wow. So there's only one bone that you broke, but you just happened to do it six times. I just, yeah, I just did a good number on it and I had to get surgery for that reason. So it wasn't just a simple break. They had to actually go in and I have three metal pins right now in my hands, mm. kind of crossing over each other, splinting and holding yeah. the bone fragments together so that they will heal in one wow. piece. Incredibly painful you or know, something that happens so fast and, and not yeah. really. Yeah. Surprisingly, it happens so fast and I honestly, I've never broken a bone before, so I didn't really have much to compare it to. I knew from the pain something was wrong. I, I knew I'd done something to it, um, but no tears. I actually was at the drop zone for about four hours after it happened, just sitting there because I was meeting another girl there. I was buying some equipment off of her, so I was just. This was inter This is an interesting part of the story. This is. I was of what so you were actually, buying that day. Yeah, it is. It is interesting because that day was both very exciting because yeah. I bought my first container. So that it was like, I'm putting together my first rig. So, yeah. you know, that day was super exciting in that regard, but I also hurt myself. You bought it to progress to the next level of, I have owned my stuff. I'm heading towards being professional. And then you're sidelined for two months. Exactly. <laughs> so it was a roller coaster of emotions. Um, I, I would say that night and the next day definitely were pretty painful. Yeah. Um, I know the answer. I know the answer to this question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you still going to continue to jump? Hell yeah. yeah. I knew the answer. I knew the answer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad that's the answer. I'm glad that's the answer. I, yeah. I'm glad that's the answer. You know, I will say I had, a, I had a few dark moments that day where I was 
there was just a lot going on. I was overwhelmed. You know, my hand was painful, but I was just, and the equipment stuff, it was just a lot going on. And I was a little bit overwhelmed and definitely had the thought run through my head of, should I be doing this? But I quickly put the kibosh on that because that's insane. Like any other sport or hobby, why would you ever give up and quit? Because you made one mistake. You know, if, if professional football players were <laughs> taken out of the sport because they rolled their ankle, you know, where would we be today? It's so old time. Well, yeah. it was, it was amazing when I had texted you cause you would, I didn't know that it happened. Then you showed me the picture. It was like, oh my gosh, it was the same. So it was like, wow. But today, today we're not talking about skydiving. I wanted to have you back to talk about another adventurous thing of your life. You've always been an adventurer, always looking for new activities and solo travel for you. I'm a big advocate of solo travel myself, so I love talking to other people who solo travel. So I want to talk about your solo travel experiences a few years ago. First of all, what prompted or what initiated the, the idea in your mind to travel solo? Oh, gosh. Well, short answer is it's always been on my bucket list. Um, I just naturally have always been someone who's really curious and I've always been really independent and I've always loved to explore and travel. Um, I think that came from, and we might've talked about this on the last episode, but to recap, I grew up overseas as a kid. So I was exposed to other countries and cultures from a very early age and we traveled a lot you know, between the States and, and abroad, as well as vacationing all over the world. So I was uh, really exposed to that at a very young age and I'm super fortunate. Um, so I think the, the wanderlust bug was, uh, I, I caught that very, very early on. Um, so anyways, I've always had this pipe dream of going off, uh, or I had a pipe dream of going off after college and solo backpacking through Southeast Asia. Um, just always thought that that would happen and you know life got in the way um and i think this past year you know approaching 30 kind of made me stop and and reevaluate uh you know where where i was at in life and the kind of um face this question of at this point in life what was i proud of what what do i feel like i've accomplished um if i died tomorrow would i be satisfied or happy with how i've lived my my life thus far be completely honest with you, the answer wasn't a complete yes for me. And instead of wasting any time on being disappointed in that reality, I decided I was going to spend time investing in, in me, um, things that I wanted to pursue, um, things that I just always wanted to chase and never had, you know, the confidence or just never took the time to do. So, um, for me, I, it came at a convenient time as well, because I was, at the end of 2019, I knew that I was going to be leaving my job in LA. I'd been there for several years and the timing was great because I was leaving my job at the end of the year. And so to start 2020, I had wanted to go on um, this solo travel trip. At the same time, I actually had a friend who was getting married in Australia. So I had this idea to kind of bookend it, you know, start with the wedding, mm -hmm. stop in Australia, and then carry on and do some solo travel. Now, my you know post-college pipe dream of going traveling for three to six months i wasn't as realistic now yeah. um so I, I ended up going for one month but um, that was sort of how it all got started and came to fruition on my first solo trip prior to leaving i didn't have to worry about what friends and family thought because i didn't tell anybody i didn't tell okay. anybody that i was going by myself and the people that I did mention I was traveling, I, would, I said things like, oh, you know, I'm meeting somebody there, or I'm meeting this. And I kept it a secret because I was embarrassed about it at first. Mm -hmm. And this was the very first time I just didn't feel 
confident enough doing it. It was something I was happy to do, but at the same time, there's just that perception. So for you going into it prior to leaving, what were the reactions you were getting from friends and family when you were telling about your idea? Yeah, that's interesting. I, well, so this was the first time I've solo traveled, but I've been on other trips with friends, you know, in in my last year of college, I actually, um, my little sister and my sorority and I, we studied abroad for the summer and then we did a Euro trip afterwards just with us too. Um, so the, the whole, this love for traveling and exploring, that's nothing new to, you know, at least to my family and most of my close friends know that about me. Um, so I didn't have, there was really no shock value. My family's always been really, really supportive. Uh, they always have been my, of my parents, you know, I, I tend to tell my mom things first because I think with most parents, the mom is a little bit more, mm-hmm you think she'll be a little more open and you're a little more scared to tell dad that, Hey, I want to go off traveling for a month by myself. But as it turns out, and as it usually does play out this way, my dad actually ends up being the very like open, accepting one that's super supportive. And my mom kind of has her little (laughs) freak outs about safety and those kind of concerns. But in the end, they're both very supportive friends. Same thing. I think, I don't want to say they're surprised, but I think friends are more like in awe. I, I, I don't have a ton of friends, I think, in my close circle that have the desire to solo travel, which is, is absolutely fine. Um, but most of them do love to travel. It's just usually they're traveling with other people or with a partner. Yeah. Afterwards, I noticed people were, were shocked when I would tell them afterwards. But it, it, took us, it took several trips before I was more comfortable to then tell people and then, and then write a book about it. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, another cool thing was that... <clears throat> My boss for my last company, um, Kirsten, she is actually one of my really good friends. We ended up, we were both planning to leave our company given notice and um, both of our last days ended up being the same day. And that same day was the day I flew out to Australia. Um, and so we both went to this wedding in Australia. And then after the wedding, we both carried on to our respective separate solo travel trips. So it was really cool to have a close friend also doing that at the same time and keep in touch with her and getting to follow along on her, you know, on her Instagram of, of what she was up to on her travels. So that was really cool. Part of the trip, what were some of the biggest concerns or just questions that you had about traveling by yourself? Uh, I would say, well, for me personally, um, again, cause I've traveled before on my own and I've, I'm a very big planner. I definitely like to, plan the details and make sure my itinerary is laid out um, strategically enough so that, you know, enough is planned, but then there's enough unplanned so that it, you know, you're not feeling like you're sticking to a rigid schedule. Uh, But for me, my concern was making sure I had um, an idea of where I wanted to go. There are so many islands Mm -hmm. like in the Philippines, which is where I ended up going um, that it was really hard to narrow down where I wanted to go. Um, I mean, there are hundreds of places you can go in the Philippines. So do, really doing my research was important so that I could narrow down, you know, three or four places. Mm-hmm. Um, because you want to be able to, to experience where you're visiting without feeling like you're being rushed. And you also have to factor in travel time in between the different places. So, um, yeah, I just had to make sure that I did my research, got my itinerary, ironed out. Um, additional to that, I am someone who does, I'm really active and I like to fit in as much as I can. Um, so I just wanted to make sure everything was set from, from that aspect so that when I 
went on the trip, everything just sort of flowed and, and was done. Um, you know, this again, being my first solo travel trip, I didn't want to be in a place where I was in a bind, like, you know, I hadn't thought of something or I messed up on how to travel to the next destination. And then I was kind of stuck thinking, oh crap, what now? Um, so that was the biggest concern I think I had for myself. I know that my parents and some, some other friends, actually, uh, I have a couple friends who have family members in the Philippines and they're aware of kind of the, the climate, uh, you know, politically, politically and socially, uh, there is some, you know, there, there is some tension right now in the Philippines going on between the Northern region and the Southern region, um, just between the different cultural groups. And I know that tourist safety has definitely been something that's been called into question over the past several, several years there, uh, mainly like kidnappings and trafficking. Um, so that was definitely something that was at the top of my parents' <laughs> minds. Um, but I don't know, maybe it's ignorance, but I just, I don't like to concern myself too much with worrying, you know, uh, I think there's going to be safety questions anywhere you go. And I think that just being prepared and knowing um, how to, you know, just keep yourself safe and, and be very cognizant of your surroundings is really important anywhere you go. Yeah. So one of the favorite yeah. quotes I always think of is when, when ignorance is bliss, tis a folly to be wise. So sometimes it's best to just not think of things. You mentioned that Australia was, was part of the wedding and that's why you're headed in that direction. Well, why'd you choose the Philippines? Yeah. So to be honest, really it was, okay, we're starting out in Australia. My friend's getting married in Sydney. Um, where can we go from here? And what, what time of a year was this, by the way? Oh, this was in January of last okay. of 2020. Okay. So, yeah. Interestingly enough, I actually was set on st uh, traveling in Australia after the wedding. So I was going to go up the Golden Coast, um, um, up to like Cairns area, Port Douglas, because uh, it's beautiful. I mean, Australia is an enormous place. People yeah. don't understand. We don't think about that, yeah. You really don't. Um, and so I had wanted to spend time traveling up the coast, uh, which would have been really cool. And I did research, and that's what I was planning for initially. But I, I had this toxic habit of once I start planning things, I just kind of keep going further and further further and like seeing what else is out there and kind of pushing the limits. And then before you know it, I was like, why don't I just go to Southeast Asia? I've always wanted to go. Um, and so I found myself looking at, looking at options And the Philippines is actually, um, it's like the closest place that I could have gone to from Australia. Um, Thailand is somewhere I've always wanted to go in solo travel, but Thailand was quite a ways further than the Philippines. So I settled on the Philippines, um, proximity, I mean, when I say proximity, it was still an eight, yeah. eight and a half hour flight, but, um, you know, it's better than the 12 or 13 hours it would have taken to get to Thailand. Yeah. But anyways, um, so, uh, getting there and then also, you know, I think the Philippines is somewhere that's come, it become a lot more popular in the last few years. I've seen a lot of friends, um, posting on social media about going there specifically Palawan, which is, um, the, the island area and, uh, probably seen the pictures of the, you know, super clear water and these amazing islands that are coming out of the ocean. It looks very, um, it almost look like you're in another world. Mm -hmm. I always compare it to Avatar. <laughs> you look like you're in a, another yeah. world. Um, and it actually is very similar to what you would think of when you think of like the Fifi Islands mm -hmm. in Thailand. Um, so that's sort of 
what sparked my interest. And once I started doing my research, it was just a no brainer. Um, such a beautiful country, slightly less commercialized than other places, you know, like Thailand. Mm -hmm. So I figured, you know, why not go now before it becomes uber popular in five, 10 years. So, yeah. So while you're there, what were the things that you immediately loved so much more about being by yourself? Oh goodness. I a lot, I'm guessing. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that, you know, when you solo travel anywhere at any time in life, you have the freedom to do whatever you want mm -hmm. whenever. You know, I made my own schedule and I really, if I had to change it, I really only had one person to consult with myself. Um, but there was just, yeah, it was so much easier and more convenient when you aren't relying on multiple people's schedules, their wants and needs and what they're feeling like. It's really just, you do whatever you want. You got to be completely be selfish. selfish. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Jinx. <laughs> you got to be completely selfish and you can impulsively make decisions without, you know, just having to accommodate other people. Um, so I really love that. Uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a big planner. So the fact that I got to just plan it from start to finish and do what I want was, yeah, I think everyone should do that at least once in their life. Um, Were there aspects that you maybe didn't necessarily hate, but you just didn't like it as much as if you had people around? Yeah. So I did complete transparency. For the, the length of time that I went, I did get a little bit lonely at times, not all the time, but there were definitely times where not lonely as in, I was just, it was more like, I just, it would have been nice to have, you know, one person or yeah. one friend there to bop around with, to meet people with, um, you know, I stayed at hostels half of the time, which was really awesome. Uh, great place to meet people. They're always, the hostels are was always your first time in hostels. No, I had done hostels in Europe when I went with okay. my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, but this was the first time, you know, as a solo traveler and that's, it's a very different experience. And when did you, you still opt for a room of how many beds were in the room that you, that you chose? I did. I, I, so for the hostels, I did, um, uh, shared rooms. So I think one of them was up to, one was like up to eight okay. people. Okay. And that was co-ed. I found out it was co-ed. I thought I had booked an all girls room and much to my surprise, it ended up being co-ed. Um, a couple of the others, same thing. It was between like six to eight people staying in there. Um, so yeah, great place to meet people. You know, they're always organizing excursions and activities for the guests. Most hostels will have, you know, uh, a rooftop or a lobby bar, somewhere to hang out and where you meet people, which is really fun. Um, but it definitely, it forces you outside of your comfort zone and forces you to go up and strike up conversation with people. And sometimes that can be intimidating, especially when you see, uh, you know, you see other people who are already in their groups of travelers or friends. And that's a lot more intimidating to approach than just approaching one other person. So it was good and bad. I mean, it definitely forces you to get out of your comfort zone, but there are, there were days when I'm, I wasn't in the mood exactly to be this social butterfly, but you don't have a choice. Otherwise you're just alone. So um, that was definitely an adjustment. Um, I'm going to end on a positive note here. I would say that, you know, even though there was a lot of alone time, I think that the amount, you know, that, that time to really just reflect inward and be with your thoughts. I really like cherish that kind of time, even in my normal life. Um, you know, some people are very uncomfortable with, with that. And I think it's really important for, 
for anyone to be able to enjoy and appreciate their own company and sit with their own thoughts without outside distractions. You know, you really, you really come to know yourself and understand yourself and your emotions when you can truly sit with them and process and be comfortable with that. Um, you know, full disclosure at the time I had also, I had just gone through a breakup. I had ended a almost five year long relationship. Um, and with the end of that relationship also came, uh, I was at a crossroads in my life because I was actually supposed to leave that job in LA, go on my solo travel trip. And then I was supposed to move to Seattle to be with this person. So, you know, all at once, a lot of things came crashing down in my life. Um, plus I was approaching 30. So it was a really rad time for me. (laughs) Um, but I, and everyone said, and I agree, like the trip for me personally, it couldn't have come at a better time. Um, you know, I wasn't running away from things. I got to remove myself and really just spend a month processing and kind of figuring out what I wanted and, and dealing with some things. So the trip to me meant a lot more than I think it, it would normally in, in circumstances. Interesting. And had you had long experiences of alone time before? I know you're someone who's always been around people and family and like friends. So had there been a lot of times of isolation before that? Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually just naturally a pretty, like, I'm definitely an introvert and I don't mind spending time on my own. I'm, I grew up a little bit of a loner. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I'm a so very social person. I was social as a kid, but I actually really like my own company, which some people don't, or they're not comfortable with, you know, some people feel very lonely when they're alone, but I don't feel lonely when I'm alone. Um, so, you know, I haven't had anything to that extent where I spent weeks alone. Um, but you know, I used to live alone in college well, for a period in college. Um, you know, I have roommates now, but again, like I, I spend so much alone time with myself. It doesn't bother me. Like I'm just a super independent person always have been. You mentioned it was an important trip for you and I'm assuming it changed your life in so many ways. And I'm going to take a, a guess here and I don't think skydiving happens without that trip. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, I think that that trip, it was January of 2020 last year. Um, that trip, obviously that, that time period was the start to what was an incredibly evolution year for everyone around the world. And then for myself as well. Um, but that really, I think was the catalyst, you know, Mm um, just kind of, again, being at a crossroads in my life where I was walking away from one, one path that I thought my life was going down that I thought I wanted. And I, you know, I'd realized I didn't want it. And I just pulled an audible and went the other way, went on this trip. And I really came to terms with things that I think I needed to come to terms with. Um, but also in a very positive way, like just vowed to myself that I would change the way I was living my life and that I would never settle for anything again. And, you know, just how important it was to live authentically. I think that was something that I frankly wasn't doing for a while. I wasn't, I wasn't living my life in a way that made me happy and I wasn't doing things out of happiness for myself. Um, so that, yeah, that time really gave me the chance to reflect and just, just again, vow to myself that I'm now, now 30 or I was about to turn 30 and I want to spend my life and my time bringing joy into my life and doing and chasing things that make me happy and surrounding it with people 
that match that and that are looking for the same things. So yeah, it was, it was, I think the right time and place and the universe just has a funny way of working out like that. Makes me happy hearing that story because uh, I know it was an important time in your life and I, I've seen the change and you can see just in your eyes the evolution that has occurred for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Chelsea Yang. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.